Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. Go ahead and get your Bibles open to Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Philippians 4, 6. We're going to dive into that scripture today. I'm going to address it a couple of times, so once you get it, be sure to hold on to it there. While you're locating that, just want to let you know Tim at 12 is still rolling on Wednesdays at noon, and I've started a new series there, and it's called Finish Well. It's a Finish It, Finish Well, and it's, it's, a, it's about finishing whatever it is that's in your hands to do. You know, the scriptures tell us that whatever we're doing with our hands, whatever is put before us, is actually worship to God. So your worship is not just singing. It's actually what you're doing day in and day out. And, uh, and so I'm talking about that today. I've got a, a, a teaching, a Bible teaching on on a Wednesday that I've entitled Stay Strong. It's about how to stay strong uh, even when it doesn't look like things are going your way or maybe even when your dreams or your, the destinies you felt just don't seem to be there and you're off on a side road or something like that. So be sure to join me on Wednesday at noon on the City Life app, our website, YouTube, Facebook, all those other places, all right? Well, I am launching a brand new series on Sundays and it starts today and this new series is called A sound mind. A lot of times there's just an affliction in so many minds and emotions. It just feels like a winter day. And and I know you might say, oh, it's so beautiful, but it just, it's just, just, just like, what are you, am I going to do? Where am I going to go? I just feel like I'm just trudging through the mud. Well, I'm addressing five issues over the next several weeks, starting today. And I'm going to be talking about depression, anxiety, talking about grief, codependency, and uh, and addiction. All of these things I'll be talking about over the next few weeks. And I really want you to be here. It's not just for it's not just for the people who are who are dealing with these things, but it's for everyone because we all know people who are struggling with these different areas. So uh, I'm expecting God to to really touch a lot of lives. But here's what you can do. You can invite people to be here because each week I'm going to be sharing a little bit more and these lessons are going to be building. So the ushers right now are passing out these, uh, these invest and invite cards and as they are passing them out right now, as they right now are passing them out, uh, I mean, even like right now, they are passing them out. There, yeah. see that worked, that worked. So, so as they're passing them out, I want you to go ahead and take a bundle of these invest and invite cards. The way to use them is 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 there's a blank spot on the back that back of one card. You can use that uh, to put your name on it and your phone number if you'd like, just to invite a person and connect with that person. Invest in them. Do something kind for them, but also invite them to church because what's happening here has the uh, ability to change and transform lives, especially through the salving, saving power of Jesus Christ, of course, through salvation. So please get these, take these with you, hold on to them. I even use these as my business cards. I decided long ago I don't need a specially imprinted gold embossed business card. I I don't need that. Instead, what I do is I write my name and my phone number, my email address right on the back of those, and I carry them with me. So, uh, So not only am I inviting somebody to church, I'm just giving them my info, and it works really, really well. So make sure you keep these in a place where you can be giving them out uh, and invite people to church over these next few weeks. 
weeks. Now, I, real, I began this series, I began working on this, oh, back in June or so. And, and I, I began preparing and studying and interviewing people. And, and, and I, I've, been, I've been working on this, and I, I've actually accumulated, accumulated a lot of, of research and study and biblical studies as well about having a sound mind. Now, please understand, having a sound mind is a spiritual issue. Can I say that again? Having a sound mind is a spiritual issue. Uh, the scriptures tell us in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of what? A what? A sound mind. God has given us that sound mind, and that comes from God. So a sound mind is a spiritual issue. So in all of these sermons, we're going to keep coming back to this truth. We're going to keep coming back to this, that, uh, that we really, if we're going to have a sound mind, at some point or other, we have to deal with the spirit of fear. And, and it, it's about driving that fear out so that we can release then the power of the Holy Spirit to do these other things that, that God, God allows uh, to happen in our lives. God wants to happen in our lives. See, fear is a power that Satan can, can actually have over a person. I mean, it is a spirit. Fear is a spirit. And so, so fear can actually afflict a person, afflict an individual, and, and, uh, and you're not able to have a sound mind because of that. But the Holy Spirit, when that fear is cast out, the Holy Spirit now has the ability to rush in, if we'll allow him to, to give us that, that power and that love and that sound mind. You see, Satan thrives on fear. And he'll, he'll push it out there in every way that he can. But fear, and, and, uh, and you know, has a lot of forms of fear. There's, there's worry and things like that. But, uh, but fear can become like a portal, like an open place for the enemy just to wreak havoc in your life. And, and, uh, and can even, it can even cause and can even affect a lot of mental issues, spiritual health issues, relational issues, and even uh, afflict us physically. So, just to get started here, uh, I, I want to just, just do a little bit of just stuff right up front here to kind of know where, to help you to know where I'm going. First of all, there are a lot of mental health resources that are out there, especially on the internet today. There, there's a lot. And really, at this point, you have to be very picky and choosy as to what you, uh, what you are involving yourself in. There are some things that are out there with mental health resources that talks about how you need to go into a state, go into a, like a trance and go inside yourself. Don't do that. That, that that's an occult practice, so don't do that. We don't go, go inside ourselves, okay? We actually invite the Holy Spirit. So, we, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's out there now that's encouraging people actually to dabble in the occult, and I, I want to warn you against that. Another thing that you don't ever want to do is, is to do meditation where you're, you're meditating and, and talking to a spirit guide or a person from history or your grandma or, or your great uncle who died or your mom who, who passed away. You, you don't want to do that. That's, that's actually called necromancy and it's a sin. And it, it opens, again, it opens you up to darkness and it opens you up to evil. So don't do those things, all right? But, but, uh, 
But there are other good resources that are out there. Take advantage of the good resources. There are great therapists and doctors. I encourage you to take advantage of those people. Use them if you need to. Uh, And I'll be talking a little bit more about all of that next week. But in this series, I want you to know I'm not going to give you five easy steps to success. I'm not going to give you just some simple pat answers. I will, though, give you what the Word of God says, and, and I will tell you how you can apply it into your life. And again, it's going to revolve around five topics. It's depression, grief, codependency, anxiety, and addiction. And we're going to talk about how they impact us, how they affect us. But I'm also going to be talking about how we can deal with these things from a biblical Christian perspective and to support and encourage somebody that, that, is, is that you love or that's close to you in your life who may be dealing with some of these things as well. So again, keep in mind, what I'm dealing with here is the biblical Christian perspective. And I also know there are other resources out there and I, I think we should take advantage of, of whatever's there. But I want us to start with the word of God. That is always the best place to start. And, uh, and, and if you need treatment or you need psychiatry, or you need to to talk to to a counselor, you you go ahead and do those things, all right? But today's message is entitled Alleviating Anxiety. Alleviating Anxiety. As I was putting this message today, I have this little question that I put into my notes every time I prepare a sermon. It's like, what do I want people to know and feel? And that's part of how I how I put messages together. And I usually don't tell you all the answers to all those things, uh, but I weave it in somehow. But, but I wanted just to tell you that what I wrote down as I was putting this message today, I said, I want you to have hope today that you will not be controlled by anxiety anymore and know what to do when anxiety starts, when it strikes. Now, the truth is we have all dealt with anxiety and we all deal with it. We have. I, I remember the first times I began feeling that, even as a teenager, with a, a participating in speech and drama in, in high school because you're always having to get in front of people. I remember band, uh, playing in the band was always great. I really didn't have much, much anxiety there, but anxiety would overtake me when we would have these little competitions where you had to challenge a person to take their chair. If any of you who are in band, you know exactly what I'm talking about, the, the challenges. And then when you make first chair, then somebody wants to challenge you, and you're thinking, what in the world do you think you're going to do. Uh, I'm going to play this music better than you. And, and so, so it's, it's a, I remember those feelings of anxiety. I remember the feeling of anxiety proposing to my wife. I remember the feelings of anxiety when I was getting married. And, uh, and those things are normal. It is normal to feel anxiety. But <clears throat> Hopefully, now by now, you're in Philippians chapter, uh, chapter 4. I want you to look at verse 6 because let's see what the scriptures say. We're going to start with this right here. It says, do not be anxious about anything. Now, hold your place there, but get that into your hearts as well. We're going to come back to this. What this means is that word, that word be, it, of course, you know, that's just a very simple verb. But what it means here is do not continually live in a state of being anxious. You hear that? So living in constant anxiety is not where you should be. And you shouldn't live in a constant state of anxiety about anything. So it's interesting because this actually comes to us as a very clear command. It's not a suggestion. 
So, but at the same time, there are some who struggle. Some of you may be struggling with this constantly and say, well, God's commanding it to me, but how in the world can I shake this? And, and, and I, I, I need help in dealing with this, and I don't want to be, I, I be put down because I'm feeling this. Well, I understand. I understand. Now, this is not saying, though, that you can't feel anxiety, but don't continually be anxious In other words, don't go to anxiety and camp out on anxiety. Anxiety, it's it's pretty intense. I remember one of my most intense moments of anxiety that I faced, and it was a little over 20 years ago when I was pastoring in Missouri. And uh, and the the September 11th uh, disaster had happened in in the United States. And and, uh, those of you who remember that, that was was a horrible, uh, just just an earth-shattering disaster. A, a mark that, that happened in our lives that we even reflect on and go back to. But as a local pastor, uh, pastoring a large church there in the area, I was called upon by the radio station to come in and talk about this. And they told me in advance what the topic was going to be. The radio station, they said, they're going to, the topic is going to be this. Why did God allow 9-11 to happen? Now, I can get up and preach a sermon on that, and I've already done that at my church and talked about those types of things, but it's interesting the way they phrased it. Why did God allow 9-11 to happen? And this was not just a preaching program. It wasn't like I could just get up there and start preaching. It was a Q&A deal where people call in, and they're going to put you on the spot, and there is no filter on what's coming in unless they say something bad and they bleep them out, you know? So, so at that point, I, 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 was, I was realizing this, and I had listened to it, so I'd, I'd listened to this particular radio program quite a bit in the past, and I, there, there are some really crazy people that call in, and there are some people who say some really, really crazy stuff, and, and I, I was anticipating this, I thought, you know, it's, I, I even had my own television program at the time, I mean, it's so much easier to preach a sermon on TV for all these people, and to talk to, to hundreds or thousands of people, but on this radio program, where I can't even see who's calling in, and somebody, you can hear their truck in the background, yeah, I'm out here working in the field, and I want to tell you, preacher. And so I, I, like, I, I knew that kind of stuff was going to happen because it just happened day after day after day on that radio program. That's when I started saying, why in the world did I agree to do this? But I wasn't going to back out. And I, re- I was prepared. I was, I was prepared as, as well as I could be. And, and I had to go to the waiting room at the station about 20 minutes prior to, the, to that, that time I was going to go on the air. And that was the first time I had started really, de- I mean, the anxiety overtook me. Uh, I started sweating. I could feel my heart racing. I knew I had to breathe. I didn't really know how to do breathing well at that point, and, and I, 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 I'm going to pass out. What's going on here? And, and I, all I could think about was, was, was what those people were going to call in and say. And then I started thinking about, oh no, you know, I'm shaking, and, and this is going to come through. And then, and then my voice was shaking also, and, and, and I, I was just kind of, I was out there in this reception area, glad nobody else was there, and I was just kind of pacing. And Oh God, oh God, help me. I mean, that's how, that's how I, was, I was doing it. And I kept, then I started noticing these feelings that I was having and I started focusing on those feelings. And finally the office manager came out and said, okay, come on, come on back, pastor. And I'm like, okay, thank you. And, then, and, and it's funny because she looked at me and she said, are you okay? 
<laughs> and I thought, see, it's noticeable. I, I, this, is, this is terrible. It is noticeable. And so I, that, that panic started coming over me even more. And, uh, and I, just knew, I just knew somebody was going to call and start attacking me. I just knew that somebody was going to, to, uh, to, to say something mean and, and that I would be just on the other side of the line on this radio program, live radio program, not being able to give an answer or wanting to smart off back to the person, but knowing I can't because you just don't do that. None of y'all would ever be tempted to smart off to anybody. I know that, but, but, that, that, but there was that feeling there. And, and I just kept focusing on the feelings that were in my body. And the truth is, I wanted to run. And I thought if it wasn't for the fact that I had already told my congregation and other people to be sure to tune into the radio at this time, I, I realized I, I can't run. I can't run. So I, I, I dove into the program. I, I'm going to focus on this, this program. And, and, it, it's, and as, as soon as we got started, I started feeling better. And, and, and I, I, I know I had those feelings like, well, I don't know if I'm good enough to do this. And, and I don't know if I'm going to be made fun of. And I, and I did make it through it. I made it through it just fine. And I was attacked and I was made fun of. And it was kind of funny because I, just, I would just picture the other person on the other side of the line as I, I pictured them as just like some mean, grouchy person that was just grouchy about everything in life and they had no hope. And so, so I just pictured them as a person needing a savior. And so I didn't take any of it personal. I just loved back and I'm like, okay, well, too bad. <laughs> I, I, I said, I somehow said the right things. I got finished with it and, and uh, <clears throat> I, I, w- I was glad to be through the whole thing. But that was the first time that I really remember clearly dealing with excessive anxiety and I realized it can be debilitating. And some people struggle with that a lot. A lot of people struggle with it. And so if there's anything I want you to leave with today, if there's anything I want you to leave with, it's this line, and you've heard it here before. I'm going to say it again. It's okay to not be okay. It is. It's okay to not be okay. But, do you see the big but? That didn't sound right. Do you see, do you see that? <laughs> Let's just keep moving on. It says right after that, (laughs) it's not okay to stay that way. It's not. It's okay if you're struggling with anxiety, but it's not okay that you stay there. It's not okay that you just remain in that state of perpetual anxiety. Don't remain where you are. The gospel is too powerful for you just to remain where you are. Now, there are a couple of ways that that little statement can be applied. Uh, one of them is, is therefore to receive this teaching regardless of where you are, uh, drink it in, and make the choice to make some changes. Make the choice to make some changes. And, and God may give you just different little aspects of this sermon that you can take and, and apply to your life. It also might mean this, is that you are actually wearing anxiety as a badge. And that has become your identity. And, and, and it's almost like you have this thing, I am an anxious person and that's just who I am. And this is, I can't overcome it, it's just who I am. Well, I want to say, that is not okay. That's not okay. And God wants to deliver you from that. Can deal with anxiety, but it should never become your identity just to accept it as that's just the way I am because it isn't. God didn't make you that way. All right, so, so <clears throat> the next question 
that I want to deal with is, is really what is anxiety? What, what, what is this? Well, first of all, let me say very clearly, anxiety is not sin. Okay? So relax. It's not sin. It doesn't mean that God is displeased with you either. Uh, actually, anxiety is supposed to be there. It protects you and allows you to change course or make a correction if you need to. Anxiety is normal. I'm just like all of you. Uh, anytime that you uh, risk failure, there can be anxiety. For me, like I've been preaching for decades, but still, before I preach, and really, it's almost... <clears throat> excuse me, it's almost like the, the prior 24 hours before I preach, I began to, to think about it and become consumed with the sermon. There's a little bit of anxiety that's there. And, uh, and I usually do not sleep very well on Saturday nights. I just don't. And it's, it's because of, of where my brain is and where my body is. And, and I, I didn't understand this until I became a senior pastor. And if for some reason it hit me at that point, I talked to my other pastor friends, like, yeah, we all deal with that. So get used to it. You're going to be the rest of your life. So, but, but the thing is, I get, it's, it's funny because some of these things just jump into my head, such as what if I get up there and say the wrong thing? Or what if I say the right thing in the wrong way? Or what if it's taken wrong? Uh, what if I get, get up there and stumble over my words and I don't make any sense? What if I lose my place in the sermon and, and go off on a tangent and then forget about really where I, what God had originally put on my heart? I, I, and, and it's, it's interesting because I've always had this concern of what if my feet get tangled up in a mic cord? I know you don't have that fear. You don't have that concern. What if my feet get tangled up in a mic cord? And you want to know the weirdest thing this morning? Because that's something I deal with, but it just like never happens. It hasn't happened in years and years. The weirdest thing this morning is I was here with the, with the team early this morning and we were singing along with this and before, I don't know how in the world it happened, but I stepped through the hoop and whatever and this cord was wrapped around my leg and I just thought, I'm gonna trip, I'm gonna fall if I make one more step. Like, you dumb mic cord, you are not gonna conquer me. <laughs> and, and why did that happen today? I don't know. I don't think it was supernatural by any means. Please understand that. It's just because I was running around and just going in circles too much or whatever. But, but those little things come into my mind. So yeah, I always have a certain level of anxiety before preaching. Here's what I know. I know next week on Tuesday, I'm doing the invocation for the Fort Worth City Council, and I will have a measure of anxiety, but I know how I will deal with that. I've already thought through how I process it. I'm not going to focus on my feelings. I'm going to smile. I'm going to talk to people. I'm going to be ready and, and prepared to make it happen, and, and, and I'm not going to allow those feelings to overtake me because anxiety is supposed to actually be there. But too much anxiety can become very crippling. You begin to struggle with it because you begin to focus on trying to make whatever happen. You're trying to, you're, you're trying to uh, follow through with, with, the, uh, with whatever's in front of you that is important to you, but you really have lost your way somehow. And instead of focusing on what is important, instead of just really focusing on what you need to do, you begin focusing on all the feelings, all the emotions, even the physical side effects. You begin, that, you begin looking at that. You begin to magnify it. And, and it begins to amplify. So your, your anxiety goes like from a level three to a level eight. And then 
things are going crazy. Your, your brain starts uh, just rapid, you're rapidly thinking about all types of things. You have these negative feelings. You're, you can even, may even feel your heart beating faster. Your brain gets foggy and, and you just feel like really, really, really intense and it's an ugly feeling. And if you stay there, focusing on the anxiety itself, Whatever is there, whatever you focus on becomes larger. It becomes bigger. So you're focusing, you're magnifying the anxiety so the anxiety just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So I I give you this statement right here. Excess anxiety happens when your focus shifts to the feelings of anxiety itself. Now, it's important to understand this important note here because we really can't get into what the scriptures say and deal with that and apply that to our lives until we understand this right here. See, anxiety is a wrong focus. It is an inappropriate focus. It's where you are magnifying the anxiety. You're focusing on it too much. You're trying to fight the anxiety by avoiding then, eventually by avoiding the things that stimulate the anxiety. And so you, you, you begin to narrow your life. It, over time, your, your life becomes more and more narrow and, and you are not comfortable with a lot of different things. You can't even pursue the things that really matter the most because that anxiety is, is taking over your life. And that's not God's plan for you. You you begin behaving in a way that just isn't normal and you know it isn't. You can't go to the grocery store like everyone else. You can't show up at church like everyone else. And the things that matter to you so much, you're, 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 it's just affected and afflicted and, it, and you can't do it because your body and your mind is under duress. And, and it can even impair the way that you live your life out, the way that you work and your social life as well. Everything in your life becomes reduced significantly because the anxiety is controlling you. And you again, you just can't function with normal activities as you would like to, to do so. And so it makes sense that the scriptures say, do not be anxious, do not live in a state of anxiety about anything, about anything. So anxiety, it shows up when you pursue something that matters a great deal. That's why you feel it in certain times, and it, usually you're not going to feel anxiety if you're just going to go and click on the TV and watch a show. Do you feel anxiety then? No. Why? It's because it doesn't matter. <laughs> so, see, in life, there's always this certain measure of risk. There's always this risk of failure. There's always this risk of rejection. And, and your brain, what it will do, part of your brain, from what I, what I understand, is your brain will, will shift and begin to think that whatever is happening to you is actually a physical risk. And that's where that, that fight or flight thing comes in, because your brain is saying, this is a physical risk, although it really isn't. It's, it's kind of like, it's, it's, it's like, if I were to go out and stand in the sand dunes at South Padre Island when a hurricane is coming. I'm just going to stand out there in the sand dunes and have a good old time. Well, that would be dangerous to my body. And at a certain point, I would feel like I had got to fight this storm or however, or I need to flight. You need to get out of there, basically. Well, in that same way, although it's not a physical threat, what's happening in your mind, your brain is actually telling you it's a physical threat. So you, you can't it's like that same risk. You, you, you don't even feel like you can walk into the doctor's office. You don't even feel like you can walk into that class or that small group. And 
you're focusing on, this is important, you're focusing on and you're magnifying, magnifying the feelings of anxiety. It's you're magnifying the what ifs. And, and, uh, and you don't know whether you should run away, and you probably will. It's just like, I, I've, got to, I've got to run away. And so when this wrong focus becomes huge in your life, it impairs your ability to do what you need to do. Now, there is a healthy approach, and it is what I call the sound mind approach to dealing with feelings of anxiety. Uh, but, and, and, and again, though, I want you to re- remember this statement. The statement is critical. It's foundational to, to everything. It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. You're not going to continue to focus on those feelings of anxiety and apply what the scriptures say. Uh, I thought of this like excessive anxiety. It's kind of like the Wizard of Oz. It's kind of like Dorothy standing before the Wizard of Oz and behind this curtain is this weak, insignificant, uh, powerless wizard who's just pulling levers making noise. You see, anxiety is like that phony wizard. But God has not given you a spirit of fear, anxiety, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Even sometimes that word uh, spirit of fear is also translated a spirit of anxiety. Now, for me, I've learned how to capture and catch anxiety early. I've learned about it through controlled deep breathing and stretching. And I, 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 you know, I, I, I'll just tell you some of my little, my little simple tricks. <laughs> They're not tricks. They're just, it's what I do. But I've learned to take even what, what uh, is out there, the information that's out there, and apply it in a spiritual way. Like with breathing, I just see myself as breathing in the breath of God. Breathing in the spirit of God, ruach, numa, you know, God, the spirit of God. Yeah, because he is a breath. He is a wind. I just see myself as breathing in his spirit. And, and I tell you what, it is so soothing. So not only am I getting the physical benefits of that, I'm just even like, yes, God, I need more of you. And, and, and there, there's also the stretching technique. A lot of people say, yeah, I need to stretch. You know what? I, I, I find it very, very interesting. And this hit me about seven or eight years ago, is that uh, when I lift my hands to the Lord, it's like the the anxiety and the stress just kind of drains out of my body. I noticed that feeling and I looked it up and my goodness, there's all this stuff out there on that. Is that when you lift your hands in a certain way that all of a sudden you feel, a, it's like you feel a spirit of victory. You have that. And, and so I, I, that's why, that's maybe a physiological reason why worship actually works because it helps you. You're, you're worshiping God. You're singing about God. You're singing to God. And you're doing it in a position of victory. Church, lift your hands to the Lord and watch what God will do. I, I think it's amazing. It is it's just amazing. The, the scriptures even tell us, you know, we're supposed to lift our holy hands to the Lord. So let's do that. But I want us to get to our text. Uh, Philippians chapter 6, verse 4. I want you to look at this passage because this actually tells us how to counter anxiety. It's right here in the Bible. <clears throat> do not be anxious about anything. We've already talked about this, but let's look at the rest. But in every situation, this is from the New International Version, by every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. 
then here's the result. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. I want us to break this down. Jot down these points here. And, 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 and I, I want you to be serious about this because this may seem too easy, but it is effective. The Bible, the scriptures do not lie. Number one is to pray. In every situation, no matter what kind of anxiety it's causing, pray. That's why prayer must be a cornerstone in your life. I mean, turn off the media. Leave that phone in your pocket. Just leave it away and talk to God. Pray with him. If you don't know how to pray, you don't know what to pray about, that's when we pray in the spirit. God gives you a spiritual language just to pray in the spirit. The second one is this. He says, petition God. So we, we, by prayer and petition, we do this. Now, that means you're gonna ask God for some specific things. Uh, like what I did for that radio interview. I said, like, God, just give me a clear mind. Lead me, give me your grace. I, I remember saying, God, I just honor you. Lord, this, is, this is all for you anyway. God, just give me the ability to recall what's on my mind and, and deal with this full of grace and help me to give grace to every caller that comes in. And that's when I actually began to feel feel the anxiety go. And, 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 and really, it's more than just praying about the anxiety. Yeah, sure, you can pray about the anxiety, but doing that just, just kind of keeps it going in your head. No, you need to be praying about what you need God's help with, what you need God's help with that's right around the corner. Because here's the beauty of it. God, what you're doing is you're taking this stuff, the, this, this issue, this situation, and you're putting it in God's hands, and he's better than you any old day. So pray, petition. Here's a third one. Give thanks to God. Just Thank him for something. I mean, just something. Thank him. God, thank you for the trees. God, thank you for the sun. God, God, thank you. Thank you that you, you healed me last month. Thank you, God, that, that I have shoes. So just find something to thank God for and watch what God begins to do. Uh, thank God that you can't think of anything. Well, thank God that you saved me. God, thank you. Thank you that I'm, I'm going to heaven someday. I'm going to leave this world behind. See, giving thanks to God, what it does is it gets your mind off of yourself and your feelings, and your mind is on him. Your mind is set on him. You're giving him honor. You're giving him praise, and that's when the miracles happen. Here's the next part. Present requests to God. Now, as I researched this, like, okay, it seems a little repetitive, but actually what what's, he's saying here is you're supposed to present your requirements to God. Now, at first I thought, well, that doesn't sound right. I don't want to tell God, God, I require this and I require that. But I, as I researched it more, I found out, no, what do you need? What do you need? What are, your requir- what are you requiring right now? What do you need right now? What are your requirements? And, and, uh, th- and so this is basically saying, God, I need your help. God, I have to do this. God, I, I, I have to accomplish this. God, I have to get through this. So here are the things that I'm required to have right now. I, I need the ability to, to, to whatever it is. You, you pray, you petition, you give thanks, and then you share with God. You ask God for what's required for you to be able to, to move forward. So now at this point, you see God is now carrying the load for you. You're not carrying that load. And if you trust God, if you trust him, that's where the miracles can happen. 
Because he can do the things better than you can. We serve a supernatural God beyond our ability to comprehend. Now let's keep looking at this. See, because the results are here. Supernatural peace that guards your mind and emotions. The, the uh, scripture says your heart and, and uh, y- your heart and your emotions. But, but this is, it's going to protect your, your heart, which is your emotions. It's going to protect your mind, but it's supernatural peace. It's not anything that you're going to get through even some breathing exercise, or it's, not, it's something you won't even get through a therapist. It's something that you're not going to get from a psychiatrist. It's something that God gives you because it says it is beyond understanding. You can't get it. You can't figure this out because what you've done is you have invited God on the scene and then peace beyond what you can comprehend begins to overtake you. Your heart or your emotions and your minds are no longer overcome with anxiety and you are consumed now with a supernatural, God-inspired, God-designed peace that is not earthly. So I want to say this to you right now. I speak peace over you. Anxiety will not afflict in the name of Jesus Christ. Peace, peace, peace be upon you. You use that, that, that power of prayer and thanksgiving and you just hurl those, those requests to Jesus Psalm chapter 55, verse 22, one of my favorite passages of scripture. I love this. I I memorized this during college and it's been so near to me ever since. Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall or be shaken. Cast your care. And what I began to realize is I I, I could literally throw my cares on God. I, I remember one day I did this. I, I just started, I got a, a, a tablet out and not, not the new kind of tablets that we have today. I'm talking about the old school tablets, the kind we had before, uh, before 10 years ago. So I, I pulled out this, this tablet and I, I wrote on several different words and I wrote a bunch of them out and then I would take each one of them. And this is just a little physical. I'm glad nobody saw me doing it and I can confess it now. But this was during college and I just took each one of those and I took that little sheet out and I crumpled up the paper and I said, God, this is yours. I'm throwing this care on you. And another one, and another one, another one. Like, and it was a physical exercise that I actually did with God. And so I was focusing on giving it over to God. I was, I, and, and I want you to memorize this verse as well because it is extremely powerful. See, it makes anxiety flee and peace overtakes. So what is the root of anxiety? Well, again, the root of anxiety is a focus on the, exi- uh, the anxiety symptoms themselves. Remember, I shared that with you earlier. So what do we have to do? We have to change our focus. Begin to focus on something different. Focus on what's critical. The anxiety is not what's critical. See, when you're focusing on the anxiety, you are magnifying it. You're magnifying. You're making it bigger. Think of a magnifying glass. You put it over something and, and all of a sudden what's there all of a sudden is a lot bigger. Focusing on the anxiety magnifies it and then it begins to consume you. But what if you change your focus and you magnify something or how about this? You magnify someone different. The scripture says magnify the Lord with me. Let's exalt his name together. In other words, 
in the middle of this, make God big. Begin to exalt him with your praise and verbalize it. Worship the king of kings. Magnify the Lord. Lift him high. Exalt him. And this is especially powerful. Look what the scripture says. It doesn't just say magnify the Lord. Go back, go back. It doesn't just say magnify the Lord in your heart and think about it. No, it says, hey, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. So when you can get, that's one of the reasons why we do this. That's one of the reasons why we come here. You magnify the Lord with other people and it is extremely powerful if you're actually participating in it. Magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. In other words, we're making God really, really, really big. You're gonna lift up his name. And I believe that some of you, you are going to be overwhelmed today with a breakthrough of peace. You're going to learn to be overwhelmed with a breakthrough of peace day by day by day as you do these things. That's why here at the end, we're going to sing, show me one thing he can't do. I like that song. Show me a mountain he can't move, right? He's the God of the breakthrough and anything is possible. And you can just start singing and haul off and have a good time with it, you know? Show me one. He's just like, you can just sing it all, sing it loud. Well, show me one thing that's too hard. Show me the waters he can't part. He is the God of the breakthrough and anything is possible. It's possible. Dun, 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 dun. You didn't sing that with us? Okay, come on. You're going to lead us in that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I, I'd love for you to stand up and kind of dance while you're singing it, but I don't think you can playing the drums. But, but it will, we'll, we'll, you can dance in your heart, all right? Hey, this is a reminder. It's okay to not be okay. But it's not okay to stay that way. So we come to God as broken people, afflicted by the storms in our life. But he is the God of the breakthrough. And we believe in his name. We believe in his power. We believe in his word that anything is possible. So ultimately, according to the scriptures, here it is. It's simple. Prayer and worship are critical to alleviating anxiety. And not just praying for the things that you're anxious about, but praying all types of prayers to the Lord and magnifying his name with thanksgiving. And another key is this. We'll be talking more about this in other messages in this series, but but you need to get rid of sin. Get rid of sin. Because sin has a way of destroying your confidence. It lingers in the back of your mind. And... You need to cleanse your hands. You need to see your heart be cleansed through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Confess your sin to the Lord and not go back to that sin because that's going to tear at your confidence and it's going to add anxiety to your life. And some of you, that is actually the key right there. That's the key right there. So, the other part I told you about that I'm gonna address is real simple. How do I help somebody who's struggling with anxiety? I'm gonna give you some very quick one-liners, very quick. First of all, listen to them. Don't try to fix them, but open ears. Let the other person talk. Don't interrupt them. Second, don't judge them. You are not walking in their shoes. You don't know really what's going on, has happened in their life or what's going on with them. So you might say, yeah, but they've done some things. They've not done everything just perfect. Oh, like you're perfect, you know, come on. Because judging them is only going to cause them more anxiety. Remember, God is the judge, not you. The Holy Spirit convicts, not you. Here's the next one. Love them. 
love. If you want to know what love means, it's read 1 Corinthians 13 because it explains what Christian love is. Do that. Do that. Love them without condition. Love them the same way the Lord loves you. Here's the next one. Accept them. Accept them in their struggles. Be accepting. Accept them in their struggles. That's why part of what we say here is it's not it's it's okay to not be okay. But it's not okay to stay that way. And that is never an excuse to keep staying the way that you are. Never. That first part, all right? Here's the next one. Pray with them. Pray with them. Now, I I know some of you, you might be well-versed in prayer. Like, okay, here's my moment. Well, in the name of the Lord, duh. And then you're going to start doing it. It's like, okay, hold on here. That might be good. That might be nice. And and I'm I'm all into praying. Praying. I can pray loud, quiet. I I can pray all kinds of different ways. Ask them how you can pray. That's it right there. Ask them how you can pray. Because now their faith is spoken by, hey, I need help here. I need prayer here. And then you join your faith with prayer. Now you have two people in unity praying over what that person needs specifically. And, you know, maybe they don't know. Say, well, what are some of the needs that you have? What are some of the... It's like, well, I, I need this and this, and here's some of my challenges or problems. So you pray in agreement with them and pray big prayers and let your faith bleed over to them because it will boost them. Your faith will be an encouragement to them. And then here's another one. Nudge them. Nudge them. Nudge them regarding some of the stuff I talked about today. Nudge them to get professional help if necessary. Nudge them to listen to this message really easy you can be a huge help to someone who is struggling with anxiety Proverbs chapter 12 verse 25 beautiful scripture look at this anxiety weighs down the heart in other words it makes you feel like you can't move at all so it's a heavy weight internally you just can't do anything but what <laughs> this is simple a kind word cheers it up yeah that's in the Bible just a kind word Say some nice things, nice things to them. Soothe them with some kind words. Will you do that? Now you are an instrument of the presence of God. I've talked to you today about what anxiety is, how to deal with it, what the scriptures say. This is what's most important in this setting. And how to help someone else. But I want us to wrap this up well. So first of all, we're, we're going to pray. We're going to pray for anyone who's in this room who's not a follower of Christ, that you'll, you'll be saved before you walk out of here. We're going to pray if there's sin in your life, that that, that that sin, you can confess it before the Lord, and that sin can be gone immediately as if you've never sinned. And then we're also going to, uh, we're also going to sing. We're going to pray that a spirit of peace will overtake us as we cast our cares on the Lord, as we magnify the Lord as we just pray out the things that we need help with and get those out of our heart and watch what God will do. And then as soon as you, if, you're, if you get back out there, if you struggle with excessive anxiety and you're back out tomorrow or this evening or whatever and you begin to feel these things, if you have to take notes on this and even if you have to listen to this message 50 times, do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Because it is not God's will that you stay in a perpetual state of anxiety. Do not continually exist in a state of anxiety. That's God's word, and that's true. I'd like everyone just to zoom in to the presence of God right now. I want you to examine yourself. If there's sin in your life, you're, you're, 
I'm, I'm saying, if you're not a believer, if you're not serving Jesus, I want you to make the decision to serve Jesus today before I go any further, because that's the most important thing that can happen in this room today. So if that's you today, and you want to give your life to Christ, uh, I'm going to pray a prayer here in a minute. You're going to pray with me, and God's going to transform your life. So at the count of three, you're going to lift your hand for me so I can connect my faith with yours, and we're going to pray together. So if that's you, you need, you need Jesus in your life. You lift your hands at the count of three. One, two, three. Lift it up for me. Thanks. 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 Put your hands down. Because you lifted your hands, I want you to pray these words with me. In church, I want you to pray them as well. Dear Jesus, I come to you a sinner, and I ask for your intervention in my life. Wash me in your precious blood. Make me a new creation. Forgive my sin. Cleanse me from my unrighteousness. I make the decision today to turn, to go in a different direction, and to serve you with all my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Hear me well. If you prayed that prayer, be sure to mark a next card that you prayed that prayer with me and take it out into the foyer after church. But here's the next thing we're going to do. We're going to pray regarding sin issues in our lives. Again, I have more on this in this series that we'll be talking about. But sin is not always the reason why you have these various things, but it can be something that, that actually accelerates this in your life. So I want us to pray regarding sin. Again, I just want you to examine yourself. And if there are sins, you need to confess to the Lord. We're going to confess them to the Lord right now. We're going to confess them. I want you guys just to stand all across the room. I want us to pray. I want us to pray. I want us to pray right now. And I'm going to ask you to pray your own words. Just whisper a prayer. You don't have to say it out loud. I don't want anyone yelling your sins out loud. You don't have to do that, all right? I know we can confess them one to another. And if you want to do that privately, I think that's great. If you want to do that with the elders in the front, that's great. But I want you just to quietly pray and ask God to forgive you of specific sins. And I'm talking about specific stuff, stuff that you know that's there. And here's what I'm asking you to do. Just say, God, forgive me of this. Wash me and cleanse me and set me free from that sin stronghold of my life. Just, just pray. Pray, God, here, come on, just, just move your lips right now to the Lord. God, forgive me. Tell him specifically what it is. Just forgive me, God. Forgive me of this sin. Lord, break this stronghold in my life. Just break this stronghold of sin in my life. I don't want it here anymore. I don't want it here anymore. I don't want it here anymore. Jesus' name, Jesus' name, Jesus' name. God, right now I just pray that there will be, that we will be a people who are free from that excess anxiety, that we will not be controlled by it, that you will give us a spirit of victory as we magnify you, as we lift you up, as we adopt a life of prayer and begin to cast our cares on you, knowing, God, that you are going to deliver us you are going to set us free and you are going to take us to a new place. So God, we ask for that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We, we pray that anxiety will not control us any longer. In fact, you need to even address, you can address, even anxiety can be a spirit. You can say, spirit of anxiety, you will not control me any longer. Spirit of anxiety, you will not control me any longer. Spirit of anxiety, you will not control me any longer. And I want us to pray that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. And this is something I want you to continue praying about. I don't know how.
Thank you for tuning in to the City Life Podcast. If you're interested in attending our Sunday service or would like more information, go to citylifefw.org.